tell me about COVID and your experience with this crazy, crazy disease or crazy illness per se. Yeah. Um, you know, for all those people out there that say it's just like the flu, for me, it was not, it's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not the flu, but mm. I, I, um, honestly, you know, the way I got it is, uh, my ex-husband came over from Hawaii mm. and, um, his brother was in hospice. So he flew over here to come see his brother and, um, and he apparently was sick when he uh, came over and um, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I thought he just had the flu or something and really wasn't thinking that much of it. And then uh, I ended up taking care of him. <laughs> I ended up having to take care of him <laughs> for uh, some days. And then, uh, and then I went down uh, shortly after that. So, um, then I realized this wasn't your typical, this wasn't your typical flu, but I ran the whole, I ran the whole um, thing of, of the symptoms they talk about. So mm. for me, it, like it started with a sore throat. And at first you think, you know, it's just a tickle in your throat or allergies or something. And then I got mm. the sore throat and then I kept thinking, you know, it's just a sore throat. What are the odds that we would actually have this? Mm. And then, um, I sort of got worse, um, concerned enough that I think, I think it was when I started getting the headache, we got this really horrible headache and couldn't shake that for about three days. And then wow, started that's a long time headache. to have a headache. Yeah. It's just the, oh God, the headache is the worst. And then you get this, um, I got the body, the body aches and the chills and that mm. whole thing. And started taking my temperature and they said, you know, you don't probably have to worry about it till your temperature hits a hundred point five. And so of course my temperature was like right at a hundred point five. Um so I called I decided I better call the um doctor's office. I called urgent care actually and said, you know, what should I do? Uh should I come in and get tested or what and they asked me if i'd been out of the country because remember this was really early like the very very beginning of march yeah um, and so i said uh they said you know have you been out of the country i said no they said have you been in contact with someone who tested positive not that i know of and um so they said we can't test you we don't have uh, enough tests and we can't test you so they said you know self-quarantine for 14 days and at that point, I was really relieved because I felt so bad. I was thinking how I, I can't even imagine trying to sit in a waiting room for an hour. Mm -hmm. There's just I couldn't even imagine trying to get through the ordeal of getting down there. So um, so that point, it was just sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. And then it went down into my chest and the coughing and the, um, the chest part was the scary part because it felt like pneumonia. Mm. And um, that's when I couldn't talk and I couldn't breathe. And I just could, all I could do was sleep. I just slept and slept and slept and drank tons of hot tea because hot tea was the only thing that would break up that congestion mm -hmm. and uh, help me breathe a little bit. Now, and I never felt like I was in distress, like, you know, oh gosh, I can't breathe, like uh, having an asthma attack or having, you know, like I never felt like I was in that kind of distress but I couldn't carry on a conversation because I couldn't, I would get winded. I couldn't catch my breath. So, mm. um, so mostly staying in for the first 14 days was a piece of cake because mm -hmm. I really didn't leave, the, leave my room. My um, son lives with me and he would go to the grocery store and he was taking care of me and um, running and getting all of the supplies and stuff like that. So um, were you, were you taking any medications like during that time or you just, you don't like taking meds? No, I was, uh, I think, you know, I probably took Tylenol and stuff like that to try to calm the body aches down and stuff like that, but not really. Vitamin D, I was taking vitamin C, I was taking a lot of vitamin C and vitamin D mm. and uh, trying to do that. But yeah, 
and you know, my son stayed in one part of the house and I stayed in the other part of the house. Mm. And then, um, like I'd wipe down the kitchen, anything I touched in the kitchen, I would try to wipe down the fridge handles and anything like that. And, uh, when we talked, we'd go out in the backyard, <laughs> we'd go out in the backyard, <laughs> we'd meet in the backyard. When I started feeling a little better, we'd meet in the backyard and, uh, stay six feet apart and try, and that's how we would communicate until wow. I started feeling a little better. So, did, did, did he ever get sick? He got sick. Um, and, but it was like a one day, it was like, it was only like a 48, maybe it was like 48 hours. So I was really kind of freaking out because I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, now he's going to go down. And, um, but he recovered really fast. So yeah. And he sort of had different symptoms than I did. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he had the fever, he had the fever and the body aches and he was vomiting. So I thought, well, maybe he's got something else, you know, mm. still don't know for sure. It, yeah. It's kind of irritating. It's irritating because you have all these people out there who are saying that this is not a real virus or this is like just like a democratic ploy or this is some sort of make believe in the news or whatever. It's not a real thing. But I know people like I have four or five connections to people who have died from the virus. Yeah. So and then you, when you told me you, when you had posted that you were sick, I was like, oh, my God, this is like getting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and when it happened to me, I was just thinking, what are the odds? You know, I was thinking, it's, mm. this can't be it, because what are the odds? How would that be? Um, but then you think about how many people are out there, like I was, that mm. didn't get tested, that were walking around, um, you know, before they realized that they had something going on, or all these mm. people who are walking around that are asymptomatic and everything else. Um, so it is kind of scary i haven't seen my parents my parents are elderly they're in their 90s and so i haven't seen my parents in three months because i'm terrified to go over there i just don't want to go see them mm -hmm. i've been doing all of their gross a lot of their grocery shopping and just drop their stuff on the porch and leave but um but i'm really really you know afraid of going over to their house but i have um friends that have lost people and um you know, I was thinking today because I have a, a cousin who's in the hospital and none of us can go see her. Mm. And uh, there's all of these other backstory things that are going on that people aren't, you know, unless you're affected personally, people are missing uh, all of that that's going on in the background. Yeah. Well, we talked, like Ed and I have talked about that. And he's like, you know, it shouldn't take us personally being affected to care about people or to do what we have to do for the majority of our population. You know, it's like right now we've got all these people who are basically acting as if nothing's happened. It's, you know, oh, it's a perfect day and the sun is out and we can go out and do stuff again and party like crazy people. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what is wrong with y'all? Like, I can understand whether you believe or don't believe or whether you have this idea or that or if you want to politicize it. But if someone tells me, hey, Fernie, there might be a situation going on. We don't know enough. We don't know if it's something that we really need to be concerned with. But could you just wear a mask to protect yourself or to protect others? And can you take precautions with disinfecting and cleaning? Because that way we can at least get some control so that if this is going to become a, a, an outbreak, at least we are ahead of the game. And I immediately will be like, yes, I'm not going to be like, my liberties are being interrupted or <laughs> I'm being abused or y'all yeah. are Nazis. Y'all are trying to like control me. I'm not going to be that way because I'm like, okay, well, this is what is being asked of me. It's bare minimum I can do this. I mean, just to consider it because it's a, I'd rather err on the side of caution than just to say, screw y'all. Y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. Y'all are trying to control us and Nazi us. And, and I, that's not where my mind would go. So yeah. like, have you had the same kind of reaction or the same feeling? Yeah, you know, and I've been, I've been um, trying to put that out there to people is, you know, it's like, for me, just my personal experience is like, I don't get sick. I, I get freak things. I get, I, I get freak <laughs> accidents and stuff, but, but I don't get sick normally. I don't catch the flu. I don't catch colds around. Uh, I coach basketball. I'm around Jeremy kids all the time. I don't catch things. 
And I couldn't believe how fast and how easily I caught that. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, they were saying is that none of us have built up an immunity to it. That's why you get it. Um, yeah. Cause you don't have any kind of immunity to it and they don't understand exactly, you know, how it's being passed and mm -hmm. because there's all these unknowns and everything it's just like you know trying to be responsible and even me even though i'm pretty sure you know i may be immune i still wear a mask and i still do all the things um just to keep other people safe or to make other people feel safe or yeah. you know um, so i'm still going through all of those safety precautions even though i think that i probably have some immunity i'm still um trying to act responsibly and you know do all the right things so that i don't make other people uncomfortable and yeah. you know and what if i'm not you know what if what if i could still carry it or pass it or whatever so yeah i definitely um i understand that people are i understand that people are frustrated and you know i i try to look at all sides of it because it's like you know i'm still making a living and i'm still fine financially mm -hmm. i'm sure i would have different feelings if it was my job that was taken away and i was really struggling um so i understand some of that part of it but i don't understand the people who are just like woohoo we want to go drink <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah yeah so i understand the frustration of those people you know, I have a, a dear friend as a hairdresser and I understand her frustration, you know, of, I've lost my income and I'm panicking. I get mm. that part. Um, but then, you know, there are those other folks who are just, just wanting to go party and play and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and for people who don't know who you are, you're, you're Pam Coronado, you're a professional psychic detective, and you've had your own series on uh, uh, shows on TV, and you've been on, featured on Dr. Phil and so forth. And people are going to say, well, you know, if you're such a good psychic, or if you're such a psychic detective, why didn't you know this was happening? Or why didn't you know this was coming? And we actually <laughs> started talking about this yesterday, yeah. and yeah. how people don't always realize that we don't get to see our own lives the way we see for other people and if something is like in not in our sphere of reality it's kind of hard to sense you know like you know we're not going to say tomorrow a meteor is going to you know unless we're a crazy psychic but a meteor is going to going to crash into earth tomorrow it's not a, a it's not part of our reality but you were doing similar things that i was doing and prepping up to this or getting up to this with and we didn't even realize what we were doing until now that this yeah. has come out we're like oh well, you know, uh, one of the things for me that was so weird is I love what you just said about that because it's like, I think it's really, when it's not something that's in your reality, anything that you can imagine, it's hard to intuitively perceive it because it's not something that you understand. But, mm. you know, I kept getting all the activity around it. <laughs> so mm. I kept seeing the effect it was gonna have on the world when i did a reading on 2020 you know i saw all this chaos and i saw a lot of the fallout but i couldn't get what it was that was causing all of this um i just was seeing i was seeing all of this fallout and i was mm. seeing a lot of the stuff that was happening around it but i couldn't see the actual you know pandemic Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is not something I've lived through in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, and you said you, you were telling me that you had done this reading like in 2000, right? Because of Y2K and back yeah. when they thought, you know, Y2K, which it sounds like cleaning fluid, but Y2K, which turned out, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. The computer, the computer civilization that we support <laughs> didn't collapse. So that was we another- We didn't spin you know, off our axis. The world yeah. was supposed to spin off the axis. Yeah. 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 And it's happened, what, every few years, it's like it was 2000, first it was 2000, and then there was a 2012, which people were yeah. expecting the world to blow up at that point. And then they moved it to like 2014 or 2015, and then that didn't happen. And so now we're, which this year has been, you know, we thought <laughs> last year was a bad year, and then this year came in, and we're like, the hell is going on this year? <laughs> so, so you said yeah. that you had, in 2000, you had done a reading on 2020, and that you thought yeah. that there was a different reason why you saw certain things. Yeah. So I saw, I did a read on 2020, you know, when the Y2K thing was happening, 
Mm. Uh, did my light just go up? Uh, mm. When Y2K uh, happened, you know, there was all this stuff about, you know, the world's going to fall off the axis or all the computers going to blow up. And we're gonna mm -hmm. die. I don't know what was happening, but I was like, let's just take a look at 2020 because it sounded like such a futuristic year. And I was thinking, let's just take a look at 2020 and see what's going on. And and at that time, remember too, we weren't as computer focused as we are now. Yeah. Digitally connected. Um, yeah. Well, most people and, didn't even have, I mean, this was before iPhone. iPhone didn't exist right. in 2020 and 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Everybody didn't have iPhones. Uh, so I... Um, I did that reading and I'll never forget it. And I'm trying to find the written version of it somewhere um, mm -hmm. so that I can repost it. But I said that, um, you know, I saw this village mentality where I kept seeing people hunkering down and staying close to home. Mm. And I felt like people were growing their own food and they were buying from local farmers markets and mm -hmm. they were staying in their own neighborhoods. And then, Nobody was jumping on airplanes to fly across the country to go to a meeting. And I kept talking about the, this is funny to me now, because I kept talking about everybody having meetings in their living room, virtual meetings. I'm like, everyone's having virtual meetings in their living room. And um, this technology is allowing us to be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of like, I kept thinking it was like, Amish times with technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's sort of, we're going backwards, but uh, but technology is keeping us connected. So I thought, you know, what an interesting time. And, uh, you know, and I saw all of this and I was thinking, well, we're just trying to save the planet. That's why mm. everybody's just trying to, cut down on emissions and like, you know, right. like, like some big green movement. But what was interesting <laughs> about it too was that it was like, it felt like a, I remember thinking that it was by choice, like that the community was doing this um, out of some sense of responsibility or that they were uh, making these choices to, like I really thought they were trying to save the planet is what mm -hmm. I thought. So maybe we were trying to save humanity is what we're doing. Mm -mm. But, I, yeah, this is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Edward and I were talking this like they're gonna have to redo all of the catastrophic or like end of the world scenario movies after this because in all of these movies, it makes it seem like everybody is super coordinated and the government moves really quickly to get stuff done and everything's like happening really fast. And we're like scientifically like rolling out like vaccines within a matter of days or hours. And I was like, mm, no. I think a few things have become so obvious to me after this is that one, we, for the majority of people that I'm noticing, they don't really care about anybody but themselves or about their mm -hmm. immediate circle. So they're like, what can I do for me? I don't really care about the rest of civilization i'd rather you know they all can die i, I as long as i'm okay like that's, that's what i know it's just a little bit heartbreaking that i think has been the most heartbreaking experience of all of this is that even though there are a lot of people who are doing what they need to do to help everybody else there's a lot of people who aren't and just don't even care and don't feel any sense of responsibility or a sense of obligation for each other you know and two i think our government is nowhere near coordinated enough to no. have this kind of situation. Like the idea that, oh, we're you know, the U.S. and we can knock this puppy out really quick. Like, no, I, I just I haven't seen that at all. And, you and, know, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's just, yeah. there's too many cooks in the kitchen to, to pull together some coordinated. When you have, you know, even me, even when I was trying to read the situation earlier, mm. like back in February, um, you know, it, it's just like, because it's everywhere <clears throat> and every single place and every single state and every city is going to have a totally different experience. So it's just like, and then you think of all the leaders in each of these different places and they're all trying to coordinate something. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what? It's a mess. I never thought that we would politicize lives. Like I never thought it would come down to if you believe in life, you're this 
party. If you don't believe in life, you're in this party, you know, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's kind of a cluster for me because it's like, where are all the people who are like, you know, anti-abortion, you know, like, where are they here speaking up about the lives of their elderly loved ones? It's like, oh, well, people can, can choose who's going to live or who's going to die. Like, but, but save the babies that haven't been born yet or haven't even existed. Like, like we need to get our priorities in check because I think as, as people we're more concerned with ideas and what I think we're, we're infatuated with ideas and we're less focused on the reality of what's in front of us and what we should do or what we need to do to help each other or to help the situation, you know? Well, I think there's a lot of denial going on. Uh, I think that there's a lot of denial going on Mm. for one, but you know, I saw the coolest, coolest thing the other day. And I was like, yeah, that really, really makes you think Um, is somebody had said, you know, okay, what if, uh, what if an official person came to you and said, okay, you can be free. You can go out, you can do whatever you want. You can go shopping and you go party and you can do everything you want, but you have to pick two people in your life that you're willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So name them, name two people that you're willing to, to put up on the block Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that um, you can go out now and have your freedom Mm -hmm. and do what you want to do. And I'm like, I don't know very many people who would, um, you know, other the mother-in-law jokes and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know very many people who would, um, you know, point to two people and go, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice those people so Mm. that, um, so that I can run around and and have my freedom again. So, yeah, well, it's almost reminiscent of Germany. Like, I mean, even Germans when World War II was going on and the concentration camps were on their own territory and land, a lot of them said they didn't know that this was going on and they didn't believe the stories and so they didn't realize that it had gotten to this point until they were shown these camps and saw all the bodies that were piling up and i think that's the the biggest problem is nobody trusts the government no matter which party's involved there's always going to be this group of people who don't trust the government they don't trust what they're being told and so if they're not on the front lines and they're not seeing it and they don't have somebody in their life that's experiencing it or whatever, then they, um, you know, just think it's all conspiracy. I've had people that I know who are uh, friends and really, really intelligent people who've put things out, you know, like on Facebook and said, you know, do you actually know a person who's been affected or has lost somebody? And I'm like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and I have a friend who lost two parents, both of her parents, they were in assisted living. So, um, so for those people, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's a real thing. No, nobody's making it up. Nobody's trying to, um, pull some fast one on you and, and, um, whatever this, you know, one world government thing they're offering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think people are ready. I think people are waking up to the idea that, our sense of reality is not reality. And there's so much convolutedness and all of that. And I think they're reaching for anything that sounds like it makes more sense to them than what is currently the reality. And they're not listening to the government. They're not listening to the news. Um, And so they're kind of like, completely like embracing a lot of these conspiracy theories and these conspiracy ideas like QAnon and all these different things, because either there are enough people screaming about it, they're, they're like, this cannot not be true because there's so many people screaming about this or talking about this. And then you've got people who are getting on the, the bandwagon and trying to support those ideas. And then it just makes it even more complex. I think there's like six or seven different conspiracy theories going on right now with what's going on. Right. And, I, and my brain is just like, okay, even if those are all like, even if it's 5g or it's QAnon or it's, you know, the world order or it's like population control or it's, you know, the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. I'm surprised I haven't seen that one pop up yet because that was like the biggest one in the last few gen- uh, last last decade, zombie apocalypse. But I like all these have popped up and I'm just like, okay. I'm like, look, even if one of those is true, if someone says, can you just please wear, please wear a mask and just go out there and be careful just in case you're wrong, I would still do right, it just right, because right, I'm like, I don't want to, it's not worth the risk. In my opinion, it's not worth the risk. Like a little bit of, if a little bit of, of being inconvenienced is not worth me risking someone else's life or even my own, you know? Yeah, I agree. 
I think just I think the problem is people don't see it that way. They just don't see that how their actions are are affecting other people. So yeah, <clears throat> that's the hard part because I think that they just can't see it, and it's hard to, um, you know, I I I deal with this a lot in uh, in the work that we do, and I've come to understand that. Um, you know, seeing is not believing. <laughs> yeah. We seeing is not believing. It's like we we uh, we believe what we see what we believe. So mm. sorry, there's Boris. No, that's Boris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we, you know, we literally see what we believe, and mm -hmm. then of course we're going to read and see and be drawn to those things that um, confirm what we already think and what we already believe. So mm -hmm. we sort of just keep attracting those things that reconfirm what we're already thinking or believing. And so it's really hard to shift someone's sense of reality that way because um, they're just going to keep, you know, they're just going to keep seeing things that they, they think and they believe. Yeah. I think this is like one of those hiccups that I run into a lot with clients, especially in the spiritual community, because you got all of these shows that have gone out talking to, like there's the paranormal shows and all the shows that ex show the spirituality or the paranormal or supernatural experiences. And they kind of, they Hollywoodize it or they turn it into some sort of a feature film uh, story because it makes for better viewing. But when you actually are talking to someone who's going through stuff where they're dealing with different experiences or, or whatnot. What I've encountered is that people have a tendency where they've seen a show or they've read a book or they've seen this or that. And then they have one experience in their home or one experience period. And then several years later, they have another experience. All of a sudden they start to pack it into the same bag and they're like, I'm being possessed by the devil or the devil's here because this happened and this happened and this happened. And it happens a lot where people reach for these pieces and they seem like they go together, but then they, they put them together, not actually going and sifting through to see if it makes any sense or not. They just embrace it. And I think that's what's happening with the conspiracy theorists as well. It's like they're embracing all of these pieces because there's like five different pieces. One person did a YouTube video. They put these five pieces together. And then if you go looking, you know, then there's proof there. It's like my sister, she was telling me about the 5g thing and she's like it's coming down boy it's coming down and i was like okay and she's like Did you, she's like go go up to your clorox you know disinfecting wipes and look at the back and what does it say and i was like okay and it says right there coronavirus and i was like well that's weird why would it say coronavirus and then yeah. i did my homework and there's like 20 or 30 different versions of coronavirus and what we have today is like flu or colds those are our forms of coronavirus so they just kind of but people were like, no, they knew this was coming. And yeah. that's just, you know, I'm like, well, then why would they give us an idea that this is going to help us with this if they wanted us to die? Like, it doesn't make, the logic doesn't match up sometimes. Yeah, true. It's true. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is for that, you know, because I don't know how to shift somebody's, somebody's reality unless they're ready to it, uh, yeah. unless they're ready for it. It's really tough to get somebody to sort of, step back and look at something a little differently and you know shift their their belief system because like i said they just you know they see what they believe they keep seeing what they believe and yeah. then it just keeps reinforcing yeah. so it's it's yeah it's it's tricky I, well that's one thing that i learned about you because i had the same bad habit before i started to take your class because when we took your class you know in the very first time I took it, which I was taking, I took your class for a good year, but the first few months I was running into the same hiccup and I saw everybody else going through the same thing where, you know, we get in the class, we sign in and like, oh, I'm going to be this like bomb ass psychic and I'm going to like impress her. Or I'm going to be like the best of the best. And so you go in and then we start trying to create these narratives or stories around the pieces that we sense. And you've always told us, focus on the details, don't build a story. And yeah. I've seen it over and over again. Ever since you said that, it's almost like that shifted the entire trajectory of the way that I do psychic work because I always would sense one little piece of information that was accurate, but then I would build, build an entire story or narrative around. around it. So then when you hand that over to a client, if the story doesn't hold, it collapses in. That one little piece gets lost in the shuffle because the entire narrative fell apart and didn't happen. It's kind of, and it's kind of like that, you know, it's kind of like this pandemic. It's kind of the same thing because it's like, I was seeing a lot of these pieces um, 
And then I was trying to make sense of it. I was like trying to guess what, what would be causing all of this to happen. So instead of just putting it out there of, you know, here's what I see Mm. and leave it lay there. (laughs) Uh, You know, I see this and I see this and I see this and just leave it alone instead of trying to come up with the um, cause. It's Mm. it. And it is funny too, that I, really resisted seeing the cause for some reason. Um, well, I mean, if you were going to get sick, <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's, this is, this is a freaky situation just all in general because there were so many unknowns and just, you see it on the news and it sounds like it's the end of the world. And for some people it is the end of the world because there are people that, that are dying, but like it takes it, this takes me back to when my friend Chelsea died because I did a reading for her one, like seven or eight months before she passed away. And in the reading, I kept picking up on all these bits and pieces around her passing, but I didn't actually see her pass. But when I remember one significant piece, I said, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like something is drastically happening at the end of the year or something really impactful is, I feel like your family's really sad. And it's almost like they're, it feels like they're mourning, but I don't know who has passed, but it feels like they're mourning. And I keep seeing your mom in the hospital. She's sitting in a chair and she's crying. So I don't know if this is something that is affecting your mom or if this is affecting somebody else, but I keep seeing this vision of her. So maybe this is your mom. So I just go get, get get your mom to go get a checkup. Just have her go get a checkup because I don't really know. And of course her mom went, got a checkup and everything was fine. Well, fast forward at the end of the year, you know, we were told that Chelsea had been hit by a drunk driver. She was in the hospital. She was in a coma. And when we went to the hospital, I walk into the area that her family's at and there is the exact visual of her mom sitting in the chair crying and me going in there and they are, and they did, I mean, she passed away and they mourned her, but I could not grasp it. And I was so mad at myself and angry because I was like, why didn't you know you could have stopped this? You could have prevented this. But I think it was because I cared so much about her that that was kind of like a barrier or buffer there that yeah. kept me from seeing that detail. Not only that, but some things are meant to happen. And we yeah, are, like, how are you supposed to stop that? Right. You know? Right. Exactly. And even if yeah. you had seen the coronavirus, who's going to listen to you? You know, even though you have an amazing track record, you've had, you know, you've been validated plenty of times on public television, but also you've been working with law enforcement for years and people may not know that's why you have all of those um, badges behind there because you've been working seriously in this industry for years. And yet if a psychic says there's a weird coronavirus, like, which is what Sylvia Brown did, she said exactly that. And of course people don't always take that seriously because they don't take us as seriously as sometimes we should be when we have the receipts to prove that we can do this very well. Well, you know, it's been an interesting, it's just been a really interesting ride too for me because I, um, you know, I had to make a call about a conference we were planning Mm -hmm. and this was the, the conference was supposed to happen in March Mm -hmm. and I'm still laughing about that for me because I chose this specific date, March, 2020, (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like a really cool date Mm -hmm. for the 20, our 20th year anniversary. So I was thinking March, 2020, 2020 is really cool. (laughs) And then, um, as this all started happening, you know, I had to decide if we were going to go forward with this conference or not. And this was early back in, February, I think it was February, early February, we were having this discussion, mm-hmm. maybe even earlier. And it had barely even gotten over here into the US yet. I think we had maybe a handful of cases, maybe three yeah. or four cases in the US at that point. And I took a look at it. And, um, you know, I, I had this weird sort of way of looking at it, because I was like, well, how am I going to how am I going to figure this out? So I asked to see a card. I was like, just show me a card. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was like, show me a card. So red would mean it's going to blow up and black would mean it's just going to sort of dissipate and mm. stop. Yeah. And I got the ace of hearts. Um, I saw the ace of hearts and I went, okay, that's not good. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ace represents beginnings to me. You know, mm. so I'm like, uh, ace is beginnings. And then 
uh, it's obviously red, which would mean to me that it's going to uh, blow up. And then the heart, you know, it, it's affecting people's hearts and hearts and lungs too, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. But, yeah. Uh, so I kind of knew at that point this was gonna this was gonna escalate, and then I saw the peak happening in April, coming down in May, and then you know, I saw this reopening and then people in July and August just going back to normal and acting like nothing had ever happened. It reminded me of like a, an earthquake. It reminded mm. me of like people stumbling around after an earthquake and then going, did that even happen? And then just going back to normal. Like I saw a lot of that sort of in June and July. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then, you know, the part that that concerns me a lot is that I have this weird blank spot after that where I'm like having trouble seeing clearly again. Mm. So um, whenever that happens, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's always scary. Like I, when I'm in session, I always see something. And if I don't see something, it's usually something pretty significant or beyond my yeah. comprehension of comprehension. what could be, exactly. exactly because again our sphere of reality controls like how much we're going to sense and i last year like i'd been uh prepping in an un, in, an, in a way where i didn't realize because i mean having this in having the house here in, in santa fe and being here and so forth i mean it, it, we have more space here way more space than we did in our house in houston and i started buying like a bunch of extra supplies and i bought a, a solar generator i was buying all these crazy things i wanted a freezer and even then my partner was like why are you buying all this extra stuff we don't need all this extra garbage like we are going to become hoarders if we start to buy all this extra <laughs> stuff and i'm like yes but what if what if one day something happens and we are cut off and we have to survive you know he's like what what is the possibility of that ever happening i was like i don't know but i don't want to be caught off guard and this makes me feel better and we'll go through it so if anything i'm just going to buy stuff earlier in the year and then we'll go through it through the year so it doesn't matter you know and so i got a, a freezer and i had to work with him because he wanted i wanted a bigger freezer he wanted a small freezer so i ended up buying a smaller like freezer and so when all this started up he was like oh my god we needed to get this and we need a freezer and i was like well, we bought a freezer. He's like, I feel like you should have bought the big one. I was like, like all these different things that were happening. And I was like, this is what I was picking up on. Like, this is probably what was underneath the surface of my psyche. I just didn't understand it. Yeah. And I, I was doing the same thing you were doing. I was, I had a client and she was supposed to travel to Japan in March. And um, she, I was like, she said, am I still going to Japan? And this was before this was even in the conversation. I think this was in late last year and I said no I don't see you going to Japan in March she's like what do you mean I said I don't know I feel like something is going on in the region I don't know what but something regional is happening and they're kind of rearranging like flights aren't going out or they're changing schedules or people aren't flying out there it's like there's like an avoidance of this so I don't think you're going to go in March I think you'll go but probably later in the year or the next year but I don't see you going in March and so sure enough you know then all, so all these little <laughs> other readings that I look back on, I'm like, oh my God, now I understand this. Now I understand that. Now I understand why I was seeing this. Because yeah. I don't because we don't always see the context. We sometimes just get the detail, but it's not within context. And you've taught me if anything, the most important thing you taught me is don't worry about the context, just focus on the detail. The detail's important. You get enough details, you can make an educated guess or an educated assumption, but focus on the details. And so I always do. And I never ask, well why? Well why? Well why? I just say, well this is what yeah. I'm saying. So you know that's that's just such an important thing to for people to understand about intuition too and the way mm -hmm. it works and you know <clears throat> i always say this in one of my classes it's that um it reminds me of of uh how when you have a three-year-old child you know you're yelling at them stop don't run into the street you mm -hmm. don't have time to explain to the child why they can't run into the street <laughs> you're just telling them you know no don't mm -hmm. do this um, and so a lot of times our intuition is screaming loud to us, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah. And it's not going to explain to us why <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's just, you know, here's the thing, don't do this, do this or whatever. And so sometimes for me too, I have this, I knew with the coronavirus, I knew I was going to be okay because if I had felt compelled to go to the hospital, I would have gone to the hospital. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I like, like I knew I was going to be okay. I was sick and I scared the jeebies out of my entire family. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I scared the bejeebies out of my kids. But I knew in, internally, I knew, though, that I was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, um, intuition doesn't provide the why a lot of the times. It just doesn't. And so yeah. it's sort of like if you can just trust what, what you're getting and trust um, the messages and not have to have an explanation or have to have uh, fill in those blanks because we all want to fill in those blanks so bad. Mm -hmm. So, because, you know, all along this crazy journey, it's been that way for me too in all my private readings I've been doing. It's like I kept seeing all kinds of stuff for people and not understanding why um why you know just like you mm -hmm. said you know something's gonna happen and i got that too for somebody who was gonna go to japan in april and i'm like mm. eh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and uh a lot of that kind of i was getting a lot of that kind of stuff too mm. so um you know i think i think i had had mentioned to you too that i had uh seen a, a large gathering for um paul selig <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm like, I don't know, I see thousands of people. I see thousands of people mm -hmm. coming for you. And he goes, well, what do you think would cause that? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, that, that connects me to like the, the idea because I've been seeing a fracturing happening within the, it's almost like you're, it's almost what we're seeing in all the different groupings, like in the political spectrum. If you look at the Republican party, there's fracturings happening within the Republican party on the democratic side, fracturings happening there on the spiritual side of everything or spiritual, uh, uh, our spiritual, uh, groups there's fracturings happening there and i find myself relating more to people like you and like paul you know because i feel like there's so many there's so many people who are spiritually minded but i also think there are a lot of people who are spiritual who have a complete disconnect with reality and it's almost like look guys we're here on planet earth we live a human life we're going to continue to live a human life you know what if there isn't okay there is an ascension great but i think it's an internal shift i don't think that you know all of a sudden the trees are going to vibrate and we're only going to see energy and vibration and color like i don't think that's all happening i think we're still a physical planet we're still going to continue to be a physical planet with a physical body because this is why we're here you know it's almost like being actors in a play if you need to have a platform to express your art to play all these parts then you create the stage you create the playhouse why would you go through all that trouble of creating a playhouse as actors soul actors and, and personality bodies why would you go through all that trouble if you're going to want to burn down the playhouse or you you don't want to use a play like it doesn't make any sense to me like we're here for the purpose of being human so like yeah. we deal with reality and reality is as humans we still have crap we have to deal with that's not going to change because we're spiritual yeah i've always had that little bit of disconnect with some of the spiritual community mm. because uh you know there's two things i wanted to say that that brought up for me because when this first started happening and there was this sense of unity around the world because it's like you know I love that saying that was going around. It was like, we're all in the same storm. We're not mm. all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. Yeah. And there was this sense of unity. And I was sort of kind of heartened by that. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, wow. I've never seen anything in my life where there's sort of this global situation and there's this sort of sense of unity. And then it all started to fracture and people started turning on each other and it, it became just as divisive as all the divisive stuff we've been dealing with. Yeah. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that was just becoming divisive again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was really super disappointed in that. But, you know, I, I have had my own disconnect within some of the spiritual community because we were kind of talking about the toxic, toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. I love that. Phrase. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie made it. He he said there's a new word called hopium, which is people <laughs> who base everything around. They're addicted to the idea of hope without any practical 
yeah. action taken to support a better future or to take steps forward. So he called it Hopium. I was like, I've never heard of that, but yeah, but I call it toxic positivity. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to pray the, 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 the disease away, or I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going I to positive. For me, it's the, I refuse to see it and then it won't be part of my reality. Um, it's that it's the manifesting mindset of if I don't look at it, it can't get on me. Right. And if I refuse to see it or refuse to acknowledge it, then it can't take hold. Mm -hmm. um, but it is taking hold. And so there's reality. You have to deal with reality. <laughs> you have to deal with reality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've never been one, especially in the work that I do. I always think of it as like, you know, that mindset to me is like, I see somebody over there rolling around in the mud and they're hurt, but I'm not going to go help them because I don't get any mud on myself. I don't, I'm not even going to look because I might get mud splashed on me. Right. Um, and that is just not me. That's not my way of being. And mm. um, so it's like, of course, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help and I'm going to turn toward these things and do the best that I can do to sort of help and assist in some way. But, um, I've just never understood that mindset of just don't look at it. Don't see it. Uh, pretend it's not there. <laughs> and then it will all just not be there. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you can't, we can't all just go on a mountain and live up there and ignore the rest of the world. Because, I mean, yeah, you can practice spiritual, spiritual philosophies, but you're not really changing the vibration of the planet. I mean, the Dalai Lama still travels around doing lectures and talking to people and answering tough questions, because he knows that is his calling, that is what he's meant to do. But yet you have people who they, they just put themselves in this category where I'm above it, I'm above it. And I don't want to talk to her. And I'm like, but they're still human beings. Like we're all still human. There's still something that connects all of us. You can't disconnect yourself from the collective and think that you're above it because God is the entire collective, in my opinion, or we are the collective. Like I can say, hey, I'll help you stay right there i'll help i'll help you still you don't have to like be all buddy buddy with the people in the mud you don't have to have a mud fight to help somebody but yeah. you can still throw a towel at them and say hey get the hell out of that and you know wipe yourself off because you are a hot mess you know yeah mm. yeah so so i've been with the election or with the impending election i and i just put out a, a, a an article talking about the problem with psychics prophesizing the future and politics and all of that, because it's not so clear cut. And it, I, I, I don't want to be stuck in the same issue that a lot of psychics were stuck in with the 2016 election where everybody was like, Hillary's going to win. And that yeah. didn't happen, you know? And I'm like, and I think it's because people, their own personal bias took bias. over. Yeah. yeah. And so with this one, I avoid, I've been avoiding tuning into it because I too. care too much. Yeah. It's like, I care too much. There's just no way I'm going to be able to like tune into this clearly. Yeah. Um, but I saw something a week ago that immediately got my attention and it, I was reading for a client and it said, you know, I feel like there's some big changes with your company or your organization coming up towards the end of this year. And I feel like this, it's almost like the CEO of the company or the CEO of the, the, the whole thing is no longer going to be in the picture or they're out and they're kind of getting replaced with someone else who can bring, because they feel like the CEO has made a mess of the company or they've misappropriated funds or they've done some really shady things with money. So they're stepping out of the, the organization there. I don't even know if they may even be, you know, legally in trouble because of what they've done, but somebody else is coming in and it's going to kind of clean up some of what's going on and the company is going to go through an expansion mode. So they're going to go into a lot of growing and they're going to basically invest money in adding more jobs or adding more opportunities to the company. But at the same time, it's like there's five major components of the company that are getting restructured. And it's almost as if everybody that's been running things is just going to kind of be transitioned out so that things will start to kind of be more better cooperation, better communication, better alignment with everything. And I was like, so I don't think your job's going to be affected, but I feel like whatever's happening at the top is definitely going to affect everything in the company, but it feels like everything runs better, but it might take a few years for all these changes to take place, but I feel like it might be, you know, it might be better. So she was like, oh, cool. Okay. And so she was like, well, I work for the government and my, my our, our CEO or my boss is essentially Donald Trump. And I was like, oh, and I was like, Okay. And I was like, well, then, so at that point I started to like, okay, well, and I had to go back and have to think about all those pieces. And so that's the first 
real piece of something that I'm seeing, which is I'm seeing around it, but I'm not actually seeing yeah. it. So I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. So it's what, really the only way to see around some of these um, items that are that are so emotional and touchy and controversial and everything else. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody has their own super strong bias one way or another, or mm -hmm. it's really, really hard to see things uh, from a neutral space. So that's happened to me a couple of times too, where I saw some back door. <laughs> mm -hmm. I saw it through some unexpected way that I was dealing with a client or something. And then I saw something happen over here and it's like, Oh, okay. Um, so a lot of times that's, that's the way we get around our, you know, crazy logic defenses that we have in place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've, yeah. Got, you've got some good guesses or some good assumptions about what you think is going to happen with all of this. And you were talking about the financial or the stuff that's like the facade is going to come down or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I always saw, like I said, you know, it's, this is such a weird year because when I, when I did my reading on 2020, just back in January, keep, you know, it, it feels like we've been through a marathon already and it's just, mm -hmm. it's not even true yet. <laughs> um, but which is just hard for me to believe. But, um, you know, back in January, I, I took a look at 2020. And it's funny because in that reading, I kept thinking there's not a lot going on. I kind of want to skip to 2021. I remember thinking that. I kept thinking there's not that much going on. I really kind of wonder what's going on in 2021. But, but I kept seeing um, this chaos. I saw the chaos starting in March. And I literally saw a circus tent mm. and I thought, well, um, I kept seeing circus tents and, um, now I'm wondering if I was seeing real tents, you know, that they're setting up. <gasps> oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I kept seeing these, this, like I thought was a circus tent. And to me that represented just this chaos. And at the time, you know, we were, at the beginning of the year, just still in the impeachment start phase. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, it's just going to be more political craziness and, and, you know, it's just going to keep coming. And I saw that, um, I kept thinking that in March because I knew the impeachment stuff would be over by February in February. And I'm thinking, what is going on in March? <laughs> in March. And then, you know, I just kept seeing wave after wave of it. And it, it felt like that would go on the entire year until we got to November. Mm. Uh, I just kept thinking every time we regroup, there'd be another wave of something. Uh, and I couldn't see what that something was. It was just always knocking us off balance somehow. And, you know, I kept seeing that throughout the whole year of 2020. And then when I get to November, I kept seeing just this sort of, collapse and um and i'm talking economic you know i just mm. felt like there was this big economic change um coming in november and december like november and december were kind of shaky so i kept thinking you know somehow it reminded me of the 2008 um real estate collapse where mm. the government was throwing all this money at something and trying to prop it up and keep it from falling. I knew back then that that was going to happen. And this time, you know, I kept seeing that same sort of thing where I'm like, yeah, they're going to be throwing money. I couldn't figure out why they were throwing money at something to stabilize the economy, but I definitely felt like it was like a sort of a false sense of stability that we were mm -hmm. seeing just like throwing money and trying to stabilize and trying to keep everything afloat. And I felt like I kept seeing that for the economy for 2020 and then boom, come 20, you know, come November, I felt like that system just kind of falls apart. Mm. So that was my first thought of, you know, are we going to have a change? Are we going to have a change in leadership? At, and that's going to cause, all that disruption i really don't know i you know to this day I, you know i'm like i'm not gonna guess <laughs> i'm not gonna guess at what it is i've learned that lesson already yeah but, uh, but i do feel like you know that's pretty solid i feel like i feel like come the end of the year november december um the economy is just gonna 
tank. And I was thinking, my God, if it's not tanking now, like what does that look like? So, so yeah, I am a little um, confused about what exactly is going to happen, but I do feel like there's going to be some sort of a major shift happening in November for sure. Yeah. I I got the feeling that the, you know, cause everybody's right now they're focused on what's happened with the economy in the last couple of months. And I felt that the ramifications of what's already happened are going to continue to roll into the rest of the year and things will kind of be affected slowly throughout the year once things catch up like i've been telling people that the that by the end of the year we would essentially have some form of like standardized healthcare that everybody would essentially have because with this the insurance companies and i mentioned this back in like um in march in one of my videos that the the insurance companies the health insurance companies were basically going to like start to tell people no, like we're not covering you, we're not going to pay for this, we're not gonna pay for that because they were gonna to start to see that they were going to be paying out more than what was coming in to support that. So they needed to kind of reduce what they were paying out. That was gonna to start to create issues within the, the, you know, with laws and stuff. But at some point, the health insurance systems or companies would start to collapse because they just did not have enough money to support themselves which would immediately start to affect the medical organizations because they basically base their income and all the money that they receive through the medical, through those relationships with the medical community. And so I was like, that's not good because at that point that puts the entire medical industry on the verge of collapse. So I was like, okay, I, I saw the government stepping in to just prop up the insurance companies. But if they just do that, people are just going to really start to not like that at all. So to make it look, and you said this yesterday when we were talking that they were going to make it look like they were helping or they were trying to make things look a certain way. But in fact, they were just trying to like bail out or pay these companies that were basically on the verge of collapse. And I was like, that makes sense because I saw them basically bailing out the medical insurance company and one of the, one of the airline industries or one of the airline companies, but the medical insurance companies and paid them directly, but they would basically say, we have to give everybody some form of like medical insurance just so that they have a basic form of it. Um, and that way they could be billed for additional services beyond that. And there would be like three tiers or whatever. So I was like, oh my God. So I was like, by the end of this year, we might end up with the Medicare for all type of arrangement just because they want to help to stabilize or keep the medical in- insurance companies afloat. And then with the the, the airline industry, I saw the, the, the government basically subsidizing or supporting one carrier, which was the, the carrier that had the most um, connections with the most influence and propping it up, making it like the national carrier just to keep that industry up in some way until the rest of it started to kind of re like build itself back up. So what you were telling me yesterday when we had our conversation, I was like, okay, she's seeing the same stuff I'm seeing mm-hmm. in different ways. And I saw it as kind of like a rolling financial it's crisis. Exactly a rolling financial, you know, it's just yeah. because I saw that clearly that it's like once we, you know, once we get, stop my thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, once we get through the one, I knew that once we got through the virus part of it and people, you know, started going back to work and Mm. uh, people started going out there again and all of that, I still saw that, you know, it's not over. Like now that all the economic fallout and all of the, all of this cascade of stuff that's going to sort of follow is just beginning, right? So I definitely felt that way. I was gonna ask you too, because I've seen this, for me, a lot of times it's a timing thing too, is a lot of times I'll see something and it seems like it it didn't happen, but then it'll happen like two or three years later. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I've always um, had this feeling like, I've been seeing it way off in the distance and I was gonna ask you how you feel but I've been seeing it way off in the distance and I've always felt like eventually, and this came up, I think when I, back in 2000, when I was looking at 2020 is I kept thinking eventually um, the way that we uh, handle money in the economy and, and um, 
the way we operate, I felt like that is going to shift at some point and we're not going to be reliant on money the way we're reliant on money now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned this in one of my, one of my videos uh, for the future. Um, I think it was the second 2020 video that I did about future things. I said that we were going to be switching over. I felt like a major country was going to back up or, or basically buy into a cryptocurrency, but it was going to be based on a point system. And so the idea of cash and money, the way we know it is gone. And I felt like over the next two years, there was going to be this gradual transition. So once one of the major countries buys into it, which I thought at this point would probably be Japan, that they would buy into this cryptocurrency, then other countries would form a pact with them to standardize that cryptocurrency. And it's essentially trying to prevent the inflation or the manipulation of money. Because if you have one major country like Japan, or Japan, I'm sorry, China, I thought it was going to be China, China uh, supporting the cryptocurrency market, but they can mess with the numbers. They can do whatever they want. But if you have the system set up where you have other countries that buy into it, but they are the check and balances. So if one company notices that the numbers are off, they basically check each other and they keep each other aligned to the standardized form of cryptocurrency or currency or point system. And then at some point the government or the US would buy in because they had no choice. They would have to buy in because they basically would go bankrupt that they wouldn't. So I kept seeing us switching over to this weird point system so that we basically had points versus like money or dollars that we would be using. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always felt like that's going to shift and I feel like this whole thing is sort of going to put us on that track, you know, yeah. where um, just the way money is handled because it really felt like we were going to enter into more of a barter or not a barter, but more of a, like you said, like some sort of points yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, there's like a value system. It's like a new value system that isn't based on dollars and cents. It's based on like basically like what you do or what you what you are entitled to based off of the this weird point system and something that you said also um that was interesting is you said that we were going to be living closer to home which makes sense for this year but i felt like this was going to become an ongoing trend because when i was a kid i used to draw pictures of what the future looked like and i used to draw these circles in like the middle of nowhere and these weird circle cities or these circle developments where it was essentially a circle of residences and then every circular like area or territory there were like basic things that were part of every centric circle like every circle had a medical facility every circle had a um, grocery store or whatever every circle had a school every circle had so every circle had such and such instead of things being scattered out or being you know built the way that we have it all now so it matches up to where you were talking about I was like mm, maybe this is the beginning of all of that but so for people who want to find you where can they find you they can find me at um, www.pamcoronado.com and um yep i've been around uh doing readings for for people who <laughs> try to figure out how to navigate this whole craziness and uh and and always always teaching uh psychic development classes yeah and i will say that you by far are the best psychic teacher i have ever known ever met and i base the success of my career on just taking your class and being with you for a year because that changed everything for me. So I really like would tell people like, if you want to learn like psychic detective, which is not an easy job at all. And I, I always tell you like, I have so much props for you because you get to work like when you work with law enforcement, all that, like that is so emotionally, like it's a lot, you know, and yeah. you handle it with yeah. such grace, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm working on this case in, in Australia, you know? And I'm like, uh, like, it's so emotionally like overwhelming. So yeah. that's something you are just unique to and not everybody can do that. So. But I, what I love about it, about that too, it's like, you know, and, and you're a great example of that too. It's like when you learn those fundamentals, whether you're applying it to, whatever you're applying it to, whether you're applying it to a mediumship or you're applying it to um, psychic readings or uh, remote viewing or whatever it is somebody wants to apply those things to, yeah. it crosses over. It's, it's, a, it's a basic understanding that crosses over to whatever, um, you know, just like you said, learning not to make up stories and create all of this um, logic noise that gets in the way of what actually is coming in. So mm -hmm. it all crosses over to whatever, whatever, um, you know, modality you want to use. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast and yeah. I really appreciate you and I love you so very much. I and it's always so fun to talk to you. Thank you. Thank and you. Well, all the work that you're doing. You've come <laughs> it's just amazing. It's amazing. And your accuracy and your, your detail is just incredible. So. Well, thank you. You gave me permission. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You, you said, Fernie, don't, you know, look over there. Look over there. Like, where? Look right here. Right here, Fernie. Right here. We need you to look right here. So, well, I yeah. love you and thank you for being on. You're very welcome.